Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that celebrates the the many people who are working so hard in the trenches across this great state to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. I want to I want to welcome you again and and hope you had a great weekend. And uh, before we go to our guest, which is Hunter Dawkins, in fact, Hunter's over in Arizona. He's going to be coming to us from Arizona. Um, I want to I want to go to our friend. Cal Curley, the producer of the Ricky Matthews Show, and just check in with him. We hadn't been together in a while. Yeah, I never know what Kyle's going to do to the graphics for our YouTube and Facebook audience, but he's been doing some uh, he's been doing some creative work. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So uh, anyway, um, how you been? Been doing pretty good. Just kind of winding down one season of things and wrap it up or starting up another season, um, just bouncing between high school football, travel baseball, Saints, Pelicans, just filling in for the Pelicans. You know, it, it, it's typical for October, November. Yeah, I, yeah. Speaking of pelicans, we'll be talking a lot more about pelicans in just a, in, in just a, a week or two or three. Uh, I saw read a really good article this morning on on Nola.com that talked about how he's come into this season ready to go. Hopefully, he we don't go into January again without him. Um, you know, he, he, they've had to deal with a lot of immaturity and lack of focus and all the things that have ultimately probably led to his injuries. But, you know, there's a, you know, once again, we enter the season with the Pelicans with them having some hope. I really think this season with Zion in particular has to be a make or break season for him. I think he, um, he's healthy coming into the season. Um, I just, it's in my own mind. I, not that I've heard anything or I, that's just what I feel. He's got, it, this has got to be the season where he puts up or just totally shuts up and goes somewhere else and let's move on. He's got to be able to sustain a full season and he's got to put up numbers and behave off the court and be his own man. Yeah. He had a, a, a really interesting relationship that he had to break up from. He had, there's been questions about his commitment to doing the kind of things he's got to do with that big body of his to be ready for the enduring and physical nature of the season. And the truth is, it's interesting. If you look at his career, the total number of games that he's actually played is equivalent to about one season. So, but he's been in the NBA for four years. So it's, uh, it's not been good. And they did try to shop him around, but they didn't, you know, no, no one was interested. So they got to double down on him. And again, he's saying the right things. He certainly seems to be in shape, but will he be, is he, in, has he really been, been refining his body the way he's got, got to wait, preparing his body the way he's got to for a long season. We shall soon see, don't you think? 
Yeah, I really think the you know the first handful of games, first two three weeks, we'll know what kind of uh, team we have and what kind of Zion we have. Yeah, man, we uh, we spent the last. Um... Well, man, over three years talking to Jeff Duncan with all from NOLA.com and the Times picking with all the twists and turns related to the Saints on a weekly basis. We went into this season hoping the Saints would be so much better. Uh, it's been it's been it's been a tough season. It's been hard to watch, hasn't it, my friend? Yeah, it really has. You know, you I think it's probably as fans we come into it going, we've got you know, on paper, probably one of the best teams in the NBA outside of the handful that's stacked at the top. Uh, the Bucks come to mind now with their two signed for the next couple of years. And you've always got the Lakers to deal with, which even in their bad years, for the most part, they're a team that can get hot and go. Celtics are going to be unbelievable again. It's just you want to see if they can compete and you want to see them fight to the last minute and not get blown out. Yeah. So so uh, how's the gig at the Superdome been going? That's been going pretty good. Um, I kind of like where we're going with it. Uh, it's We've changed up. We've probably went from 80% hip-hop to maybe 60% hip-hop now. So, you know, small changes. Then it's enough yeah. to, you know, move the meter one way or the other. So I haven't heard any complaints out of New Orleans radio lately. So <laughs> just need you to continue to, to uh, play a great repertoire of music so the Saints can win. Oh, yeah, that's always been my deal. I mean, you know, whether it's music they give me or music I find myself, it's just a matter of putting it all in a package and splitting it up so it doesn't seem it's one way or the other. It's just like programming a radio station, any <laughs> music station. It's 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 the same thing, just different songs, different eras. That's all. No doubt, no doubt. Well, listen, thanks for all you're doing to keep this show moving right you along. I can set my clock by you. <laughs> hey, listen, I was, uh, I was doing some reading the other day, and I read something that reminded me of something that I had written some time back. And uh, I have a pretty organized approach to when I do write. I write a lot prior to my shows. And so you can imagine over the, over the course of over three and a half years of over 900 conversations, the amount of inspiration that I get during, during my various shows and before my shows as I do my research about my 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 show guests and Hunter Dawkins, who is the owner and publisher for the Gazebo Gazette, is going to be joining me in just a second. But I wanted to read something uh, that I wrote. I don't even re remember where it was uh, when. Excuse me, when it was, but I just ran across it and. Sometimes when I write something, it's, it helps to kind of put it aside, and then um, and then I come back to it again and look at it again and say, you know, is, does that does that tell what I'm trying to say? And in this case, it did. It speaks to something I learned as a publisher of a newspaper, and that is that that a newspaper providing information to a community is really important. You know, pr providing unbiased information and thoughtful information and well-researched information to an audience, to, to readers, so that they can, they can have sort of this unbiased information and then draw their own conclusions. <clears throat> we live in a world where we're we're drawing to conclusions before we have the facts, you know, too often, or we're just avoiding the facts altogether, and <laughs> we're just drawing a conclusion. 
But we live in a crazy world with social media and all that. But I I think that if a community will focus on this this thing that I'm about to share with you that I wrote, that we can overcome a lot. I mean, this is true for the state of Mississippi. It's true for every community across the state of Mississippi. And it speaks to the importance of information. It it speaks to the importance of providing the kind of outlet for people who are in a democracy to be able to speak out and have a voice. And here's, here's what I wrote. Silence is the enemy of progress. Protecting the status quo, which incidentally too many communities do, (laughs) protecting the status quo in a community too often means working overtime to keep the peace and avoiding conflict. It means steering away from the sort of honesty, diverse voices, and constructive criticism that could contribute to building a stronger, better, and more competitive region and a quality of life second to none. Solutions to problems and challenges Never follow silence. Solutions to problems and challenges never follow silence. I I love that. I don't get too involved in issues on this show, but I tell you, when I do, it's uh, it's well researched and people are engaged, and change can come. and 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 I can think of a couple of issues that I was involved with where change did come. And I'm proud. I'm proud of that. That I was speaking out on a specific thing that others weren't talking about, and I was willing to go there. And it made some people mad. Not many, but people involved in in the issue. It made mad because they were trying to either do something underhanded behind the scenes, or they were trying to protect the status quo. And and we don't move the we don't move the ball forward if we. If we're not focused on moving, you know, having the kind of conversations in a democracy that you need to have, or we'll end up where uh, where Jerry St. Pay has said so many times, and that is that we end up getting complacent. And when we get complacent, that that's not a good place to be. Anyway, let me move now to my friend Hunter Dawkins. As I, as I met, he's a Super Talk Mississippi contributor. He's the publisher and owner of the Gazebo Gazette, and a regular here on my show. And he's actually coming to to the show today from Arizona. How you doing, my friend? Good morning, Ricky. I'm doing well. It's funny that you say that about the the complacency. You know, one of the statements, one of the quotes that I remember very well was from uh, one of the things I used to read where Martin Luther King gave a quote and said, hell has the hottest uh, place in hell is a place of complacency about issues and uh, concerning one other group or another and i definitely certainly agree with that when you look into it you know what's what i have found in my career is that as a general rule people don't like conflict and so i think that's a southern trait really to be honest with you we we don't like conflict so we avoid conflict but sometimes you have to have conflict Sometimes you have to have diverse points of view. And when that happens, good things can come from it. People can find solutions. But why don't we do this? I'll get your solution. Get your solution. Get your comment to that when we get, when we pick it up on the other side as we continue our conversations with Hunter Dawkins. We'll see you after this.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Citizens Bank studio. I forgot to say that at the beginning of the show. I've got to get in that mode. I'm so thrilled to have Citizens Bank as a studio co- sponsor now. And uh, their work in the community has been terrific. And uh, G- Greg Cronin and others at that company have just b- been contributing to this community in so many amazing ways. Thrilled to have uh, Citizens Bank as a sponsor of the Ricky Matthews Show. As I mentioned when we went to break, um, that that it's sort of a Southern thing to avoid conflict we don't like conflict and as a as a publisher I had to get I had to uh, it, I would say I went through a metamorphosis I went from I get it I'm trying to avoid conflict to I'm not steering away from conflict when when conflicts gonna be the right thing to do and when you're a publisher and you take that point of view there are some people who get mad at you and some never forget it to be quite honest with you but it just That's goes through the territory doesn't it my friend that's certainly right, Ricky. I've got uh, subscribers that they will, you know, constantly be on my butt about stuff like that. That I said, even though they're not necessarily diminishing their their ability to get uh, to read and to follow me, uh, they definitely it's a good old bless your heart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. well, I remember uh, when Stan Tyner, who was the editor of the newspaper for for my time at the Sun Herald, and Stan would come in and shut the door, and he says, "Up, oh, we got a phone call we need to make." <laughs> so we would, uh, we would get, I'd get the background, and we would, we would make the phone call. But uh, I'd often get phone calls, and um, uh, if Karen Shook, for the for the majority of the time that I was the publisher, Karen Shook, who now lives up in North Mississippi and recently retired, incidentally, terrific. She was so awesome. She she was she was my assistant during the times that I was doing a lot of traveling for Knight Ritter, and she kind of helped keep everything straight for me. Just 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 an incredible assistant. But um, but she would take down uh, name and number if I wasn't in there, and I would uh, and I'd call back. I'd call people back really quickly. But when I was in my office, I answered my own phone. And I surprised people when I answered the phone. And and sometimes just if somebody's mad and I answer and they're 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 like taken aback by the fact that I actually answered the phone there. I guess they were expecting to leave a message. And you know I would I, I the way I talked about it, uh, Hunter, I would say I take I'm taking the medicine, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes they were right, to be honest with you. Sometimes yeah. they were wrong. But I never treated them ever, whether they were right or wrong, never treated them like they were wrong. I mean I can remember only a couple of times when they were when someone was so offensive that it it, it it caused me to to come back to them kind of strong in a, in a disagreeable way if I felt like they were completely off base. But, you know, I, I just felt listening to people sometimes is, a, is some of the best medicine for them and for me and for our company and, and being willing to listen when, uh, when there are lots of voices about how to solve a certain problem or if there's an error that we made at the newspaper, you got to be, you got to be willing to listen. But um, when you're the publisher, you get to talk to a lot of people, don't you? Well, yeah, Ricky, and and I think uh, being raised with two parents that were involved heavily in public service, you know, that gave me the idea of how to listen, how to treat people. And, and, you know, I have several people with disagreements with me and people that comment to me on Facebook or on send me text messages or call. And I try to give them the best ability to listen and respect and and hear what they're saying. And the only time I really ever get 
you know, supremely offended is if somebody questions my work ability, how much I work at something, and, and the fact of and the newspaper itself that it's not, you know, a hundred percent. Well, you know, and it's like, well, have you read it? I mean, that's that's the only portion that I get really upset. But for the most part, I try to listen to people and I try to hear about things of what's going on from their points of view because everybody's got different point of view and I try to listen and take into account every little bit in detail because like you said, a lot of times they know more something about a certain specific area than I do. Hey, what, you know, here's what I, here's what I've learned. And, you know, again, we're talking about this thing that I wrote some time ago that said silence is the enemy of progress, that solutions to problems and challenges never follow silence. And I can think of so many, so many examples. Uh, Let me give two. Actually, one involves your mother. Your mother was a, a senator, Deborah Dawkins, and uh, she was super active in the community, very active. I didn't always agree with your mother's approach. Uh, you know, I just did, but I ne- I had tremendous respect for her. So that when we, we when we talked, um, we may we may disagree about a policy decision or whatever, but we always had. I think she would say she had good respect for me. I certainly had great respect for her. Um, I think that you know, a disagreement about a single thing doesn't define a relationship. And when someone knows they can communicate with you, it opens up future communication when you either agree or maybe maybe you want to know more and you could call your mom and say, hey, what do you think about this? And she would give you, she was always thoughtful and did her homework. She would, she, you weren't going to outwork your mother, were you? Well, and that's the thing too, Ricky, is that I followed a lot of her her things, but I didn't agree with my mother on everything. I can guarantee you there were policies and decisions, but she and I came from different walks of life. And even though I'm her son, we came from different walks of life. We grew up in different avenues and I had to understand, had to learn how to understand that versus just, you know, oh, well, your feeling on this is, you know, this is, you know, and there's more than just black and white in policy decisions. There's always a gray area where you have to see, you have to hear from people. And that's one of the reasons why my mother was there for 20 years is that she heard and listened to people quite a bit. Hey, listen, there were, there were lots of events as a publisher, but I think one that probably defines one of the best lessons I got, and it was uh, led by uh, a group of people who came in, led by Felicia Dunn-Burke, who's a terrific okay. leader in this community. And Felicia Great. came in and brought a, brought some leaders and and um, and people who lived in Turkey Creek. We had we had actually written, excuse me, we had run an editorial uh, supporting an economic development project up around. I ten and it was it had some environmental issues attached to it. It had some 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 it was potentially gonna create a problem for Turkey and, Creek. And I know exactly what you're talking about, some old school Louisiana money coming in from that. So So yeah, it was a it was a very very interesting project and we hadn't really done our homework the way we needed to do it. We sh- we didn't take the time to understand could this potentially contribute to a flooding that was occurring in Turkey Creek. And so Felicia brought this group of leaders in, and we sat down with them. And I honestly didn't know what to expect. You know, I mean, I was very open to having them come into our conference room, and we brought the leaders of our newsroom together, and we all sat together. 
But I later told Felicia, and it seems like not long ago I said it again, but it, it changed me as a publisher at that moment. And what I came to appreciate is that there are as many sides to a story as there are people involved in the story. So there really aren't two sides to a story. There's always all these different perspectives to a story. And you can never assume that you know. The point is you can't get so busy that you buy into, God, this is a great economic development project. We're going to roll with that. That's, that sounds great. We can we can live with whatever the, the negative issues that might come from it. That you're, you, you, in other words, you're moving so fast that you don't take the time to understand well what's the other side of this let's let's we don't have to rush to do an editorial why don't we bring leaders in that community in and let's let's hear from them let's hear what they have to say it will change your perspective and you know, all of that preceded Hurricane Katrina. And so it was a good lesson for me to get. It's almost like divine intervention in a way and in, in, in preparation for the leadership I needed to provide after Hurricane Katrina. And it affected me when I was leading the oil recovery efforts in Alabama, when I went into to, to, uh, the, the southern portions of uh, Mobile County and um, Bala Battery and places like that and the Vietnamese community. And, uh, for example, we had that, you know, we had uh, Vietnamese interpreters, so we had to have Cambodian uh, interpreters, and we, we had to really think through how do we make sure people can understand the conversations that are taking place, and that we get their feedback. But what it all goes back to that one meeting in the conference room that Felicia Dunbar helped us put together, and it just it changed me as a leader, and, and it's still, still I'm that changed person even today as a result of it. Have you had well, like defining moments like that in your time? Of course, absolutely, Ricky. You know, one of the things and and I'm not going to get on to the details of it because I still have to do a lot more. But one of the things I was going to say about it with Miss Felicia, with former uh, former Sierra Club president uh, Rose Johnson, who passed, and a lot of other yeah, Rose Johnson was in this meeting. Yes, in that community, they understood because they were part of that community. And that was more of something that affected them. And I think that was different than what you what you had heard from the economic point of view. And I had to take that myself because me looking into several different stories, you know, what's this going to do? Uh, for example, there is a, a certain issue happening right now in Pastor Shan with the past estates community. Now, I'm not going to go into big detail about that because there's a lot of intricacies that I have to put together to be able to make it work. But that community is very troubled by how things are going and it's a, in a, a low-income community housing and things as such. But that will be in the future. And I've had the conversation with a bunch of people and it's about what's affecting the community more than anything else. Again, the the more the sort of honesty, diverse voices, and constructive criticism that could be that, that will ultimately contribute to a stronger community. I'm, there's no solutions and problems to problems or challenges that never fall that ever follow silence. When we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Hunter Dawkins. Why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Hunter Dawkins with me, and uh, he's actually in Arizona, and he's coming to us from from Arizona. So uh, how's the weather in Arizona, my friend? It was actually 40 degrees when I woke up this morning up in the Sedona. I'm actually in Prescott right now, but uh, my boy lives in Sedona, Colby J. Dawkins, and so uh, it's great. We had a great birthday party last night for him, and uh Ricky, I've got a teenager. I mean, I'm, old, I'm an old man now, officially. <laughs> hey, listen, um, when I worked for, for uh, the Sun-Herald, I was involved. Let me clear my throat. Hang on one second. Uh, there we go. I was involved in a users group, a press users group. You and I have talked about it before, Rockwell International Gosh Users Group. And we often had meetings out in Phoenix, Arizona. And I loved it there. It was, you know, the climate there is so different than here. I mean, you're talking about dry. I mean, it's so different. Well, Phoenix down, I mean, you know, Prescott and Sedona are about two and a half hours north of Phoenix in the mountains in Flagstaff. It's pretty much the highest it gets here is about 75 during the winter time. And, you know, or really during the fall and the winter, it gets a lot colder. And uh, it's a. Uh, it's an enjoyable right now because you know we've been blasted with that hot weather for nine months, and so, mm-hmm. but it, it's good. Yeah, and we're all we're all praying for rain down here, you know. So, so I, I had a I had um, a guy by the name of uh, Cuz Strickland. Most people, hunters know Cuz because he starred in hunting the country for for um, uh, Mossy Oak for. 20-something years, and he's still quite a celebrity in Mississippi, still works with Mossy Oak, and he was on my show, and he's got a podcast called Fistful of Dirt. It's about, you know, hunters who plant food plots and who enjoy, you know, being in the outdoors. That's what his, that's what his uh, podcast is about. I joked with him last Monday that his um, show should be, ch- that we should change the name of his show to A Fistful of Morning Dew <laughs> because that's about all we have right now to keep our plants watered is the morning dew. Uh, so, man, have you ever seen a stretch of like this with no rain? Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely dry. But, you know, we had that one little brief scenario of rain, and after that it got a lot cooler. So, you know, hopefully uh, it stays the right weather at least. So. Well, as you and I talk every time we, we talk is you've been a prolific writer, uh, not only for the Gazebo Gazette, but also as a Super Talk Mississippi contributor on, on so many different subjects. And we appreciate your contributions. Um, you, I don't know how you do what you do. I say that all the time. You're a jack of all trades. You, you're a busy guy. you got a strong work ethic. And you also do, you know, you do color for Gulfport High Games. How's that gig working out for you? It's phenomenal, Ricky. You know, the only thing that uh, I've been working with, Harold, and we have got some great, great broadcast. Bob 106.3 every Friday night. You'll always hear me and Harold on there just around 7 o'clock all the way until the end of the game, back and forth, back and forth, talking about this and discussing that. But, uh, you know, I really, I, I really wish that, you know, the, and this is not necessarily from our level, but that the state championships were available for Super Talk because they cover, you know, the entire state high school football. They have 35 radio stations covering high school football all the way until the state championship. And then the All-Star Game, the Bernard Blackwell Classic, which is right in Gulfport, which you would think that would be easy for us to do. 
now they've got these exclusive agreements and and we we have to have some discussion about that in the off season and trying to figure out what we can do to make it happen well who controls that the the high school coaches organization the Mississippi Association of Coaches uh, control the Bernard Blackwell Classic, and um, the MHSA controls the state championship games. But there has to be some open door policy. I mean, there's they can't just be one sided on all the way across the board. We as, as Super Talk, we have to get out there. We have to make make a case about. You know, we have all these people listening to us. Why can't we have some opportunity to make it happen? And I don't know if it's a money issue. I'm sure it is. But as you know, Steve Davenport, he'll he'll fight to the tooth and nail about that. So. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know much about it, but just to hear you talk about it, it seems like Super Talk would be a great partner just because, they're, you know, you've got, you've got the 12 Super Talk stations, one of which we're on now, and we've got a total of 26 radio stations across the state of Mississippi. So if you're going to work with a partner that has the potential to really blast that into, blast that game into a lot of, uh, a lot of radios across the state, uh, this would be the one to work with, that's for sure. Um, You've uh, you continue to to watch the Saints. We're we're actually taping this show just before the Saints play, so we won't know the outcome of that. But I can tell you this: I don't, no matter how the game turns out on Sunday, the reality is what I'm hearing is that that Carr. I, 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 that's enough blame to go around, but Carr is under tremendous amount of pressure, isn't he? Well, and there's a lot of you know social media and a lot of network stuff out there about the play calling, the offensive production, this, that, and the other. But there has to be some sort of answer when you have a quarterback who's only averaging 6.3 yards after seven games per completion. We have to look and what what are we doing wrong? Is it the matchups that we're making? Is it the the plays that we're calling is it what there has to be something and we they watch enough film during the week ricky as you know there has to they have to find a common ground and i really think that if we can find somewhere because we have just as much talent if not better than most teams and we should absolutely as i told you before when we started the division 11 games for us shouldn't be a problem and I still feel that way. It shouldn't be with our schedule. If you look at our schedule, where are we? Where are we lacking? We're lacking because we have to be able to focus on the right things. We have to get we have to get certain things right. And whether it's coaching, whether it's players, somebody needs to make the solution. And I, you know, I hope it doesn't come from up top. I hope it comes from the players instead. Hey, what's interesting, though, is if you go, you know, and most of the Saints, uh, f- folks who follow the Saints, have probably by now read or seen videos related to the former Q- Q- quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, J.T. O'Sullivan, yeah. who uh, who J- Jeff interviewed after he did his quarterback session on on Derek Carr, uh, he, he's got a PhD. He's a really smart guy. He does analysis extremely well. And when you when you go, it's a forty five minutes uh, uh, assessment of each play and what happened on each play. 
And what you, I, I came out of that again. We we don't know how Sunday's game is going to go when this airs, but but I, what I'm seeing is based on that and all the other feedback is that you know people worried about play calling and worried about this and worried about Lave worried about. But at the end of the day, as we learned with Drew Brees, a great quarterback can overcome a lot of problems because they can make decisions on the field. And what I saw in this analysis that J.T. O'Sullivan did is that Carr has a difficult seems to have a difficult time taking the time to read the the plays and it's just dumping the play dumping the ball off before it gets to the receiver now you know is that something they can fix maybe but then then this notion of blaming others you know like he's on the field showing frustration for somebody else when it's his fault the players see that and it starts to create division on the team and um, he should be providing leadership but he's kind of playing a little bit the blame game and then when he talks about it he acts like he's not but he really is it these are the kind of problems you don't overcome in just one game well it's the process too ricky i mean it's the idea of me being a former coach i went through a lot of these details where you're talking about can you process especially if you're a quarterback you got to process the different plays the different routes the receivers are running then you have to know in the back of your head i've got five seconds to get rid of this ball or somebody's gonna come tear my head off or and then you have to be able to fill out. Okay, well, if this if I throw it here, the safety's coming across here. If I throw it through the middle, the linebackers coming there. It's got to be you got to be able to process that. And it, hopefully, you would think that Derek Carr, with the number of Pro Bowls he's been to, the number of things that has gone for him in the right direction, with the amount of talent that he has, you wouldn't think this would be a big issue. But it has certainly become more of an issue than we wanted. Well, what I what I've seen though over the past week, and again, this you know this is Monday. We don't know how the game went yesterday, but but the bottom line is this: we saw a lot of emphasis on Pete Carmichael, and what I've noticed over the past week is that starting to shift more toward Derek Carr, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, can they fix it? Man, I hope they can. I mean, I really do. Um, uh, it seems like some of these issues are core problems, though, and and it's like a a sick company. Company. Sometimes you don't fix the core problems unless you you know get some of the sick people out. You know I don't know how this is going to work. Well, really, they really you would have thought by now that they would have gotten comfortable. Maybe this is a reason why they should the quarterbacks should play more preseason games so they can develop this attitude. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see how it happens. Yes, we will. We're talking with Hunter Dawkins from the Gazebo Gazette. Hey, when we come back, we're actually going to get the latest from the Gazebo Gazette. What's going on at his newspaper? And we'll remind you what that's all about as well as we continue after this break with my friend Hunter Dawkins. We'll see you after this. Matthew show on Super Talk Mississippi. From 
on the Citizens Bank Studio. Welcome to the final segment of the Ricky Matthews Show with, with my friend Hunter Dawkins, who's coming to us from Arizona today. Uh, uh, he uh, owns the Gazebo Gazette, and um, and he's also the publisher there. He's a contributor to Super Talk Mississippi Media. Covers college. He does he does color for Gulfport High games. He covers the New Orleans Saints. Again, he's a jack of all trades. But let's let's kind of zero into your world for a second. How are things going at your newspaper these days? Well, you know, Ricky, before before election day, the, the political ads are starting to pile up. Everybody's trying to get their word out. Um, then, of course, there's Halloween. That's a big deal with a lot of the uh, the garden communities, especially with the one of my clients and one of my favorite people, uh, Pine Hills Nursery out there out uh, by Camores. They've done a great job at least putting together your uh, your different levels of plant and I guess what's the uh, the proper word for that arbitorium type style stuff I mean but you know I'm of course confused with that with my mom would definitely be angry at me right now <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that being said that and there's a lot of you know uh, really festivals kind of closing up right before the holidays and then then you have the Christmas in the past and you have the sea into celebration big time events down on the coast and they're uh, they're looking forward to that. Well, got, got a big time election, man, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, are you did, did you uh, pick sides on this one? I did not, Ricky, because you know I make uh, make pretty good money without picking sides. But <laughs> but that being said, no, it's more or less of everybody asks me, and I tell them, I say, what's more important to you? Is it more important the economic development? Is it more important to you the the your health care? Is it more important to you of uh, these taxes this way? Is it more important to you? What is the most important feeling of you? If you can mirror that and you can point that out, then you're going to make those decisions. And a lot of local decisions, especially like with Go Mesa money, Tidelands money, there's a lot of you know hanging on the line with that. So. I, I tell you, I hate I hate uh, political ads. <laughs> Just um, you know, they're half truths and misinformation and all that, that that plays up in it. I, you know, obviously on both sides. But it'd be interesting as it relates to the governor's race if it ends up in a in a runoff because you've got a third part. You got an independent candidate that has backed out, but her name is still going to be on the ballot. And I and I think whether whether it's a, a protest vote on the part of of uh, Presley or a protest vote on the part of uh, Tate Reeves, you know, it won't take, you know, three or 4% of the people to vote for that independent. And suddenly you may be forcing this thing into a runoff. Well, and I think unfortunately for the governor this time around is that he doesn't have the, the Donald Trump scenario. He doesn't have what he had in Tupelo last year when president, former president Trump came to his backing really in Tupelo and that really was a big Jim Hood community and where he pretty much was able to gather some votes from him. Although I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the same way. It's just that's uh, that's what it, it's starting to look like. And uh, Presley, Commissioner Presley's gotten quite a bunch of money from National Democrats, whether that's good or bad. It is what it is, and uh, that's, there's a lot of lot of talk in the here, there, and the other. 
they do have the one debate scheduled, but I'm not necessarily sure. what. I think that's up in Jackson somewhere. I'm not sure the timeline of that either. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch it. It 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 will be, and we will uh, we will see. I mean, politics in Mississippi. Listen, on the governor's race, it's always going to be close, as Haley Barber says. So, you know, voter turnout is going to be really important, and and so on. Um, so, uh, business is good for you, my friend. It's good. It's good right now. Um, you know, everything just kind of moving forward, trying to get ready for the new year. Um, you know, it's, I, I, of course, love the holiday season, you know, around Christmas because not so much because the paper is slower, but there's more uh, more advertisements available. There's more people that are interested in getting their, their message out there, uh, and especially right around uh, Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving and things and such. That's a huge advertisement portion. But there's uh, there's some some little feature stories here and there going around. Like I spoke to you earlier about the uh, the past estates property, which is an important issue, I think, in, in my community. And that's more that's the most important thing, Ricky, is to keep local. Got to have an important community news section. I miss the good old days, man. Uh, when you mentioned Black Friday. The good old days when we had this great press at the Sun-Herald and we couldn't fit everything in. We had so many ads and we would pre-run, sometimes we'd pre-run not one but two sections in order to get it all in. And we would have, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 full-page ads from Gafers. And it was, those days are gone. But man, it was it was incredible. Uh, car dealer ads and classified, I mean, fighting over who's going to get color and who's going to get full color. And man, oh man, oh man, were those the days. Um, I miss it. I miss it because the the role that newspapers play in the community, not that they don't still play a role like that. It's just not going to ever be like it was. There's, that is for sure. Hey, Hunter Dawkins, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. I'll be headed back home tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I always give props to my son and uh, being able to be out here, come out here and visit him and be happy. Safe travels. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.